right, everyone. Well, welcome to another episode of Corecast, the podcast of the Cornet Northern California chapter. My name is Robert Teed, and I am thrilled to be your regular host of Corecast, where we bring you guests and content that are both timely and relevant to what's happening in the world of work and workplace, and we keep a particular focus on the Northern California region. And we know that region is home to some of the most exciting companies and work and workplace developments on the planet. When I'm not hosting Corecast, my day job is as founder and CEO of Integri Group, where I serve as an executive coach, a strategic advisor, and a consultant. If you're interested in learning more about me or my work or how to get in touch with me, please see the show notes. I'm also an active member of the Cornet Northern California chapter. I'm a facilitator in the chapter's leadership development cohort. And of course, I get to be the host of Corecast. Well, we're in that time of year when the Northern California chapter hosts our annual awards gala, one of my favorite events that we hold all year. And we do that to recognize three of our outstanding members, our young leader of the year, our service provider of the year, and our corporate real estate executive of the year. And I'm fortunate that I get to interview all three of these winners here on CoreCast. On this episode, I'm super excited to welcome my good friend and the winner of our corporate real estate executive of the year award, Terry Wood. Uh, I've had the good fortune to know Terry for many years. I have deep respect for him, and I absolutely consider him a friend. I'm excited to get a chance to sit down with him here to celebrate him and to dig a little deeper in a way that, you know, he and I haven't really done before. A little bit about Terry. Well, Terry's been in and around corporate real estate for the better part of two decades, uh, and he's currently senior vice president of real estate with Kaiser Permanente, where he's been since 2015. Before Kaiser, Terry worked in senior leadership roles at HP and at JDSU, and he had a long stint at JDSU, which is where he and I first met uh, probably 15 years ago. Before his distinguished corporate real estate career, Terry spent over two decades as an officer in the Canadian military, and he graduated from the Royal Military College of Canada with a degree in engineering. And many of you will know Terry through his work with and his presence in Cornet, both at a Northern California chapter level but also uh, at the global organization. Uh, Terry's the past president of Cornet Northern California, where he served from 2012 to 2013, and he spent three years on the board of Cornet Global from 2013 to 2016. And Terry has served Northern California in many other ways, uh, and we'll get to hear a little bit more about uh, Terry's service uh, in Cornet Northern California as our conversation unfolds. For me, Terry is an important part of the fabric of our chapter of Cornet Global and of the corporate real estate industry on whole. Uh, He's so deserving of the Corporate Real Estate Executive of the Year Award. But let me stop talking about him and start talking with him. So here's my conversation with Terry Wood, Senior Vice President of Real Estate at Kaiser Permanente and the 2023 Corporate Real Estate Executive of the Year Award winner, Terry Wood. So Terry, welcome to Corecast. Thank you so much for being here and congratulations on being the chapter's corporate real estate executive of the year. So well deserved, my friend. Well, thank you, Robert. Um, thank you for that kind invitation. And it's just wonderful to sit down with you and uh, spend a few minutes together. You and I go back a long way, but uh, we certainly haven't had a you know a discussion like this in a very long time. So thank you. Yes, I'm excited to have it. 
Um, so I always like to start with asking, you know, what did I miss in my introduction? I really just scratched the surface of your sort of professional career. Um, but what would you like folks to know about you professionally before we sort of dive in? I think you've covered it. I mean, without boring people with with my past and my background, I think you've covered it well. There's no question that I was influenced very heavily. And, you know, we may be able to get into that a little bit later by my 20 years in the in the Canadian Army. Um, it had a big influence on me, but, uh, you know, we could perhaps talk about that a little later. Um, so I think you've covered it well. That's great. Yeah, and I, we definitely will, especially it, it, we're going to get into leadership and some things that have influenced you. So I'd love to hear kind of how that shaped you as a leader. Um, give our listeners a little bit of an overview of the work that you're doing at Kaiser Permanente today. You know, what what is the type of work that you get to do and what gets you really excited? Well, Kaiser Permanente is at a unique time that it hasn't uh, experienced for many years. Is We've got some very serious affordability issues. And like probably all healthcare systems, you know, we've suffered from uh, inflation, uh, deferred elective surgeries that are coming due, um, the pandemic costs, which we all experienced. We're, we're an insurance company as well. So all of the costs associated with making sure that we do look after our members uh, have come to a head, frankly. And, you know, we we are having to look at how we operate very closely uh, right now to see where we can, frankly, cut costs. And now we all deal with that in, in, in our CRE careers, uh, but the scale here is very different. I mean, we are approaching a $100 billion revenue company, um, uh, but our costs are starting to exceed our revenue at this point in time. So we're really having to, as I say, reassess everything that we do. And I'm deeply involved in looking at the capital program right now. Uh, and our capital program is, you know, is in the order of two and a half to $4 billion a year spend. And we all know that that all turns into depreciation. And 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 while we have to grow, um, uh, you know, and we have to build new hospitals and we have to build new medical office buildings, uh, we're looking at how much we spend on those at this point in time and how large they are, frankly, at the scope to see where we can uh, we can cut costs, frankly, and still deliver the great service that Kaiser Permanente delivers across uh, across the country. So that's uh, you know that's making me uh, get involved with all of the executives, frankly, all of the presidents, and all of our markets uh, to work with them on our standards uh, and ways that we can, as I say, reduce costs and yet deliver great you know, great clinical buildings that, that serve our customers in all, and, our, and our members in all markets. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that, you know, that the cost of real estate in workplace at a company like yours is probably pretty significant. So you, you're probably pretty popular when, when you have some of those discussions around cost savings and cost improvements. Yeah. I mean, our, our, medical centers, our hospitals are on par with data centers in terms of costs. So, wow. I mean, that's everybody should understand what they are in in our industry, and and yeah, I mean, they're significant. I mean, they want they want it all. They want all of the, uh, you know, all of the services that 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 we build, frankly, to allow them to do everything that has to be done. But at the same time, uh, the depreciation resulting from those expensive buildings is starting to cripple some of our markets. Not cripple mm -hmm. them, but certainly challenge them. 
And if there's a way that we can, and we are working on it very uh, diligently, if there's a way that we can reduce those costs, then everybody wins. And we're doing it. That's exciting. I, I, I guess that would be both an opportunity and a burden for you in, in the type of work that you do. I, there are parts of that, it sounds like it gets you pretty excited. Well, you, you know where I came from. I came from uh, companies <laughs> that frankly struggled from a, you know, a margin perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, you know, we are a not-for-profit. Um, but frankly, I get excited about work like this because it has a direct impact on the company. Um, it's something that you know I, I can get very excited about because I know I can add the value, and and I have to. I mean, I have to deliver on this commitment. And so, you know, I don't know that there's a downside. Frankly, uh, there, the only downside might be that with a very large organization like I've got, I've also got to pass on, uh, you know, this this this. Uh, uh, mandate that I've got mm-hmm. to a lot of people because I'm not the only one that's impacting, you know, the the cost of facilities. I've got a large design team, a construction team, and folks in every market that that are, you know, that have to engage with uh, the market leadership and the market staff. So that's that's probably the more challenging aspect of what I have to do because we haven't had this kind of pressure for 20 years. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, we're going to probably come back to some of the work that you're doing at Kaiser, um, but that's that's really helpful to sort of set the tone of the type of work that you get to do there. Um, I'd love to sort of, because this is a chapter podcast, sort of get into your involvement with the chapter uh, with Northern California. You know, I, you've done a lot of things that I didn't touch on uh, when you think of the chapter, both global and the chapter, but I'd love for you to share with us some of the things that you've done or things you've been involved with at a chapter level that sort of stand out to you that have been, you know, either meaningful to you or important to you. Well, I would say when I was uh, um, when I was in the number two role in the chapter leadership, um, I forget what the <laughs> what the title was, but I had to. I had to work with the, the global, uh, Cornet Global, to uh, formalize our not-for-profit structure, which had not mm. been formal to that at that point, and we came under a lot of criticism after an audit. And so I was able to, you know, to work with the governance committee at at Cornet Global and do what had to be done here to ensure that we uh, that we were set up from a, a legal perspective. Uh, for our not-for-profit status, that that was a great deal of fun. Uh, but you know, when I say fun, I mean it was uh, memorable. But of course, the leadership role itself, uh, as you know, as you well know, because <laughs> you had it, um, it, it's a very special role, and especially in this chapter where we have so many people that we know and are close to, and uh, you know, you get to lead the chapter here and ensure that we have the meaningful. Uh, monthly meetings that we've got and all the special events like the uh, uh, like the the golf event and like the you know the day on the on the bay and the awards dinner I mean th- this this chapter is just phenomenal when it comes to the events that we've got and the close relationships that we have and so to be a part of that is very special and then I, I continued to be involved certainly with Cornet Global after my time there in in various uh, judging positions for awards that that, that took place, um, and of course, you know, mentoring was huge. Uh, I, I'm finding at this stage of my career that mentoring is becoming very important to me. Both, you know, what, whatever level we're talking about, I'm a mentor within the company, and I've got a number of 
uh, I have mentors and I'm uh, a mentee as well for, for various, uh, uh, with various people to make sure that I continue to learn from others as well. But those, those mentoring opportunities, you know, are second to none to me. And I've, I've made a number of friends through those, uh, those opportunities. And, and I've got three uh, mentoring sessions that I am involved with today and, and, and some that are no longer a mentoring role, if you will, but they're friends. And I, I maintain contact with them and I continue to have uh, a dialogue, dialogue with them at least on a monthly basis. And I've learned so much from that and gain so much from it. It's, it's, it's been tremendous. I love that. And, and so there's no question that you're, you know, a pretty engaged member. You've been an engaged member for a long time. And um, I would love for you to share, you know, anybody that's listening that isn't yet a Cornet member, or maybe they're, uh, you know, a more passive member, like what advice would you have for them to get more engaged in the chapter and, and to, you know, participate in ways that you have? Well, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, I I was, I think I joined Cornet uh, probably around 2001, shortly after I came to the U.S. from Canada. And I was a, I would call myself a passive member for a while. I attended a few events, uh, maybe went to, you know, was involved, but went to a few summits and whatnot. But it, it wasn't until I was asked to be involved in the chapter you know, in, on, from a from a board side, that it I really started to uh, benefit the most, if you will, by getting, as I say, much more involved. And I would say that it contributed enormously that that involvement in in terms of uh, getting to know people better, uh, helping to organize events and whatnot. That I I realized the benefit from a career perspective. Um, I was, as you said earlier, I was at JDSU for a long time. I think, yeah, 15 years probably. Um, but my career really took off after I made those relationships, developed those relationships with end users and probably more importantly with service providers, frankly, because they're the ones that help you with your career. They're the ones that are aware of other opportunities out there. Um, and you know, well, certainly knowing peer end users was great. You know, you have an issue, you pick up the phone, you call, um, and you get great advice, and you find out ways of doing things you hadn't thought about. In terms of helping you with your career, uh, you know, both my job at, at HP and my job at KP were introduced to me through service providers. And so that, that I think that's an aspect of it that some people discount, but I, I certainly have never discounted it. And I've continued to maintain relationships with as many service providers as my time can handle, uh, because you know, not only do you learn from them on a regular basis, but they're there to help you. And they certainly help me. I, I love that. It's a great sort of narrative on why and why being engaged. And there's a million different ways of being engaged. And I love the, the journey that you talked about, but why being engaged in the chapter can be really helpful. Um, and so anybody listening, Terry just gave a really good endorsement for getting more engaged, being less passive. And if you're not yet a member, a great reason to join Cornet uh, and join the Cornet Northern California uh, chapter. So, so Terry, thank you for your service to Cornet Northern California. Thank you for your service to Cornet Global. You know, I can say with confidence that we're a better chapter and a better organization because of you and everything you just described. Uh, and so thank you for doing that. Thank you, Robert. Well, 
let's get to know a little bit about you, Terry, the person. Um, you know, we've touched on your work at Kaiser Permanente, and and we'll get back to that. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about uh, what influenced you and, and experiences you had uh, from a leadership perspective. But what can you share with us, or what are you willing to share with us about sort of life outside of your day job these days? You know, what gets your attention when you're not at work? Well, work is almost all-consuming right now, but but not completely. Um, and I do cherish and guard certain aspects of my life. I try not to. Well, I certainly, <clears throat> you know, almost the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is to see if there's any urgent issues I have to deal with. But I do try to get out the door as early as possible after I do my exercises within the house. And I do try to get at least an hour of of, of uh, exercise in uh, outside every day. And I used to be very aggressive runner and uh, ice hockey player, but I'm, I'm afraid I've had to, you know, as a result of beating up my back too much, I've had to resort to what I never used to think to be exercise, which is walking. Um, and so I try to get, you know, throughout the day, I try to get twelve to 15,000 steps in and I, I get at least an hour in in the morning. And that is a religion to me right now, frankly. Uh, it's so important to me. It just starts my day on the right, uh, on the right track. Uh, it puts me in the right frame of mind. And then I come back and I make breakfast for my wife. And I never used to have breakfast with my wife when we had to be in the office five days a week or travel. Uh, and that's another thing that I guard very close to the heart. I, I do make sure that I have that time with her. I mean, there's some there's exceptions, of course, but for the most part, you know, we have breakfast together, and I don't ever want to give that up. Yeah, I love that. Um, if if we were to bump into you on a Saturday, is that are you outdoors doing that? You know, sort of outdoor stuff as well. My Saturday Sunday routine starts exactly the same way and almost the same time. So. Um, yeah, I start very early. I, I get my exercise in very early. And then, you know, we'll do whatever um, is organized for the family. And it's it's always family oriented in one way or the other. I mean, I as much as I enjoy golf, I, I did, decided many years ago that I couldn't spend time with my family because work was so all consuming. Um, if I was going to be on the golf course, you know, four or five hours on a Saturday or Sunday. And so I don't golf. Um and when I was playing hockey, I used to be on the ice at 6 a.m. And so it didn't interfere with my family either. And so weekends are dedicated to my family. And whatever that activity is, whether it's, uh, you know, going into the country with them, going visiting, they're not too far from home. I've got a son who's studying a master's at St. Mary's College. My daughter's finishing up her senior year at St. Mary's as well. So, you know, we'll we'll go and see them either, you know, where they are living or we will uh you know, um, they'll come to see us, but it'll be focused on the family for the most part on the weekends. Yeah, that's great. I love hearing that. And, and what of that sort of came about because of the last few years, because of the pandemic? It sounds like the breakfast and with your wife, some of that may be because of the last few years and, and the ability to be home. But were there other things that, that came about in the, over the last few years? I have to contribute, you know, breakfast with my wife totally to the pandemic. I mean, I, I was just, you know, I used to leave the house at 4.30 in the morning to commute to uh, uh, Oakland to avoid the traffic. And then I would go into the gym up there around 5.30 in the morning. Um, but, you know, when we got sent home, uh, you know, that was just such a, a very strange ex uh, experiment that we all undertook. Um, 
you know, it was then that I decided, not decided, uh, had the opportunity to start having breakfast with her. And, and uh, you know, after two years of it or so, and, and now we're starting to drift a little bit more to the office. Um, it, again, it's something I don't want to give up. And now, again, I mean, I even through the pandemic, I went into the office one or two days during, during the week. Um, and now it's one or two, but uh, that's the maximum that I want to, to go back to the office. Uh, you know, unless there's a, unless it's dictated that we have to go more often, uh, I don't plan to. Um, and I don't plan to bring my staff back more often than that either at this point in time. Things may change. And, you know, I have a close relationship with a lot of my tech colleagues in the Bay Area, and I understand what they're doing to bring their tech workers back, their knowledge workers. But I would argue that our knowledge workers, our doctors and our nurses never left. Uh, they were, you know, they worked right through the pandemic, saving lives, frankly. Uh, but for the back office folks like myself, um, you know, we have learned that we can be pretty productive uh, remotely. Uh, and as long as we do get back and have that interaction that's required, that's essential. We all know that there's a lot to be learned by working around people and especially new employees. Um, and if you've got a significant project you're working on, doing it face to face is key. But I think the balance is is going to be on on flexibility. At least I'm I'm going to practice that. Um, but not forgetting that there are moments when you do need to get together in a and and uh, and and see each other and connect face to face, but one to two days a week, and that'll be the maximum for the next for the foreseeable future. I would say. Yeah, you've started to touch on kind of who you are as a leader and the way you're leading your team and how you're influencing them. I'd, I'd love to shift into who you are as a leader a little bit. Um, you know, I'm I'm a student of leadership. I teach in the in the chapters leadership development cohort. And I'd love to hear from you sort of what shaped you as a leader, your military experience, you know, your corporate experience, um, just, you know, kind of how did you become the leader that you are today and, and maybe some of the things that influenced you along the way? Certainly. I, you know, I, I have to say that uh, leadership in the Army is fundamental to <laughs> saving lives and, and your own success as well. Um I mean, I learned very early on as a young lieutenant that uh, that I had to listen to people to be successful. Uh, I knew very early on that I, you know, I had to stand up and and you know, if you if you are a leader and especially in a a combat environment, you have to, you know, you're the one who makes the final decisions. There's no question about it. But you have to engage everybody and you have to empower your your other senior leaders that are working with you, and you have to trust them if you're gonna be successful. And I learned that, as I say, very early on in my career and I, I never forgot it. Um, and today, you know, I've always erred on the side of taking much more risk with people, uh, but letting them know that they are uh, there to make decisions, uh, that I'm behind them, I will support them. Uh, if they make mistakes, you know, that's fine. You don't wanna repeat the same mistake, but if you make a mistake, that's fine. Um, I'll be there to ensure that, uh, uh, you know, that, that I have their back in situations like that, but that, that has really helped me to be much more successful, I think, than I would have been had I been a, you know, uh, somebody who wanted to control, control more, uh, make more decisions myself. I've just never believed that. And, uh, and, and the folks that have worked for me have, have gone on to, you know, 
greater roles, I think, because of that. They, they knew that, you know, that they, they were there to make decisions, um, that they were able to stretch, uh, you know, their, their roles and to be able to, uh, to really deliver on, you know, the goals were created together. We were able to set goals and, 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 and be clear on what they are. But within that kind of uh, broad realm of what it is they had to deliver, how they did it was up to them for the most part. And that's helped me tremendously. And I think it's helped the, the folks on my team as well. Yeah, the two themes I sort of pull out of that and that I talk a lot about is the, the listening as a leader and the empowerment part that, that you've talked about. And, and I had this great opportunity to work with you, Terry, when uh, you were at JDSU and I saw all that in action. So I can I can definitely say with confidence that that's the type of leader you are. So um, thank you for sharing that. And I hope those that are listening that are on their own leadership journey take away some of those key themes that, that Terry just talked about because they're really important. Um, I'd love to talk with you. You've been in the industry a, a while. Um, you know, you've probably seen some things change over the the you know two decades you've been in corporate real estate. What are some of the bigger things that you've seen change or bigger shifts that you've seen over that time? I would say the diversity that's coming to our industry. You know, twenty years ago, I recall being at a summit. I think it might have been in Toronto, a Cornet summit. And the room was just filled with way too many old white guys, <laughs> frankly. And there just wasn't a lot of diversity. We had a few women there, uh, but not many people of color. And, you know, we're just not going to be as good as an industry uh, if we, and I knew back then that if we continued that way. So I certainly appreciate the diversity that's come to our industry. It's much better than it used to be. Um, many lead roles now are, are you know, are women of color, women, people of color, and, and that's great for our, that's essential for our industry. And so that's good. Clearly technology is playing a much bigger role today than it did years ago. I mean, we often worked on off of, uh, you know, Excel spreadsheets and, uh, you know, uh, technology was not nearly as strong and, and as helpful as it is today. Uh, the type of leaders we bring in today, um, you know, we're, you know, I, it's good to work up through, you know, starting starting from a facilities role or a junior real estate role, whatever that is. But I think the the opportunities we have today to bring people in from outside of our industry are helping us. They're bringing, uh, you know, they're questioning some of the things that we do. And I think that's very important to us. Uh, I, I hired a, an executive director two years ago to lead a portfolio optimization work uh, we're cutting our administrative space in half from 8 million square feet to 4 million square feet wow and this person had no experience but he had he had uh, no experience in real estate i should say uh, but he brought uh, operational experience from the medical groups from the clinical side and he had a lot of relationships and the work that, that he has done is phenomenal and i'm not sure that there's anybody else on my team that could have done the kind of work that he's done over that time frame. And, and, and I think that's a, you know, that's a, a big learning for me and I'll certainly continue to do that, frankly. Um, so those, those are probably the most significant changes I've seen and um, what I've learned, you know, by uh, experiencing, as I say, diversity and new talent outside of the real estate industry, if you will. Yeah. And just more sort of a testament of the leader that you are, that you recognize somebody's talents that may not have been obvious in the real estate world, but 
could definitely be a huge contributor to your team. So congratulations for recognizing that. Uh, and, and as you know, the, the the diversity, inclusion, and belonging efforts at our chapter are so important. We are focused so much on making sure that we you know can do what you just said, which is really sort of diversify uh, our organization, our industry in all sorts of ways. You know, diversity of thought, diversity of of all sorts of components. So. Um, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for recognizing that, that that's been a big shift over the last you know, two decades or so. Um, if you look at that time frame, is there any project that you've worked on that sort of stands out um, for you that's like a highlight or anything you want to share? Well, two come to mind. The first one was when I immediately stepped into JDS Uniphase in Ottawa, Canada. We were growing leaps and bounds. Uh, and I took over a project to uh, to build a headquarters, a global headquarters, uh, and a manufacturing site, a million square feet in in Ottawa. And we did that in phases because we had to use each phase as we as we you know as we completed it. Uh, but we completed the million square feet, which were all joined together, uh, connected. Of course, for the Ottawa climate, uh, you didn't want to have a lot of outside walking up there. But we did it in in uh, in two years. Uh, we adopted some new ways of of, of project uh, management and contracting uh, in that in that uh, in that construction. Um, but just to get it done in the time frame we were talking about uh, was was a tremendous success. Unfortunately, uh, Telcom turned almost overnight, and as we were finishing up the final phase, um, uh, you know, two thousand hit us, two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. And within three years, uh, ended up selling it to uh, the Canadian Mounties. So they're in that space now. But that was a that was a tremendous experience and a big learning for me. And then the other project was to consolidate 1.7 million square feet of admin space in Oakland into a, a brand new building called the Thrive Center. And I, you know, that, that was a tremendous opportunity. We were going to save. Uh, Sixty million dollars a year in operating costs. Uh, took it to the board, got approval, and of course the pandemic hit. And now, thank goodness, the CEO made the right decision not to construct it because because we were building 1.6 million square feet. We probably need 200,000 square feet of that now. So thank goodness that didn't get done. But it was a it was a great journey just to get through to to approval. But we did not sign you know the contracts. We did not break ground and. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> those are both of those projects are that's just those are great stories. At some point, I'd love to even dig in further and maybe even do an episode just on those, um, especially the Kaiser one, because so, so much of that would seem like, you know, the decision making, especially the, you know, what decisions you would have made before the pandemic versus now, you know, and in, in sort of thinking through that. Um, yeah, I'd love to dig into that a little deeper. Um well, let's do this though. Let's shift back to um, Cornet a little bit, uh, Northern California. You've been deeply involved. You've given a lot of your time and effort to the chapter. How does it feel to be recognized by your peers as the corporate real estate executive of the year? It's an incredible honor. I mean, uh, you know, I have so much respect for so many people, and and I know a lot a lot of the leaders and 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 the corporate real estate executives in Northern California. Um, and so to be recognized with this esteemed group is an absolute honor. Um, you know, I don't 
I'm not really comfortable with looking back on my past achievements. Um, when I was approached about this, I struggled with it a little bit, but um, uh, one person in particular wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, let me do anything but allow my nomination to proceed. <laughs> and so uh, he continued to push me. And, uh, you know, frankly, uh, I wasn't that uh, optimistic about the outcome, but uh, having received uh you know the the nominate both the nomination and now the award i mean it's uh, it's an incredible honor it's an incredible honor and i'm i'm looking forward frankly to bringing my family there to the event uh my brother and my nephew are flying down from canada one of my That's... brothers and so it's going to be a very special time and very much looking forward to it that's awesome to hear. And, and you're a humble leader. So I've, it doesn't surprise me that that's the way you reacted, but it is so, you're so deserving of it. And so I hope you can really celebrate, you know, the fact that you're in that position and that we, we all get to celebrate you here in a few weeks. Um, I'd be curious as you kind of look back on the leaders that have sort of had that recognition before you, is, is there a theme or anything that sort of stands out? for you across kind of the corporate real estate executive of the year sort of community? You know, I would say that, you know, the great leaders that I know from the past uh, who've received this, you know, they, they all seem to have very strong leadership skills. They have great teams that look up to them. Um, you know, their, their commitment to Cornet is, is second to none. I mean, they, they all have been very involved, engaged uh, and continue to be engaged, frankly, um, and that community has stuck together. I mean, there's so many of them that are that remain close friends of mine, but uh, they have a they have a community that that is very strong. It's 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 uh, you know, there's no question that, um, that 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 they have given a great deal and they continue to give. They're all mentors. Uh, the ones that I'm aware of uh, are mentors and and they continue, as I say, to give back to Cornet, to give back to our industry and to the Northern California chapter. Well, I, I'm so excited to see you up on that big stage, to see you at the gala. This episode might air before that, um, so I don't give too much away, but is there anything we can expect to hear from you up on that big stage? Have you even finished your speech yet? I haven't. Don't put me under too much pressure here, Robert. You know, what I would say is that, you know, I, I was involved in a lot of farewells with uh, military people and whatnot. And, you know, I, I decided very early on if I were, you know, to accept an award or whatnot, I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to convince people of why others made the right choice. So I'm not going to dwell on my career very much at all. I mean, I'll make a few comments. I'll, I'll certainly thank people, um, you know, from my heart. Uh, I will certainly make it clear that it's an honor that I will, you know, I will be so proud of and, and humbly accept for the rest of my life, frankly. Uh, but I won't be spending a lot of time up there um, telling you about things that I did in my career. Yeah, and that's the humble leader in you. Um, and we will celebrate and we'll probably do a lot of bragging on your behalf uh, and talk about all the great things that you've done. So, well, you know, I, I speak for our entire membership when I say that you are very deserving of this recognition, um, both as a professional and everything you've contributed to the industry, but also as a person. And you're just a good egg. You're a humble leader. You've demonstrated that several times in this conversation. 
And, uh, you know, I just, uh, that to me, that's the best type of leader to be. And it's probably one of the key reasons that, that you're um, receiving this recognition is that humility that you're able to bring to all the, your work. So congratulations. Just so excited for you. Thank you so much, Robert. I, I will say that um, we haven't talked about this, but, you know, I, I do have other interests besides fitness and family and, and my faith is important to me. Um, and I'm proud to say that. And, you know, I am going on a mission trip with my son to Ethiopia and I'm leaving next week, next Thursday. And it's going to be two weeks and two days without Never mind Wi-Fi, never mind cable. I mean, there's no power in this town and this village in Ethiopia. And I'm very excited about that. Um, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully I'm able to come back. <laughs> hopefully I do come back. But when I do, I, I think I'm going to be a better person for it, frankly. And so that trip ends on Sunday. I think it's the, the, uh, the 13th or the 12th. And just a few days after that, we get to have the awards dinner, which uh, I'll be uh, really looking forward to spending time with my friends again. Wow. What? So I would definitely love to have you back to talk about that trip uh, if you're open to doing that, because I have I have to imagine that's going to be life changing for you and your son. So, uh, it will if, be. It, yeah, that's that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. It, it, actually, is there anything else that you want to share that I didn't ask you about? Well, I think that's uh, probably the most significant uh, thing in my life right now, you know, before the awards dinner, uh, I, I, you know, just as an aside, I'm going to be asked to uh, to teach a high school class down there. And it happens to be chemistry, which I think the last time I did that was in high school. So the last few weeks I've been, you know, I've been, I would say it's probably relearning, but given the fact that I don't remember half of it, I'm learning chemistry right now so that I can put together a 90 uh, minute lesson to a number of different classes over there. And, and that's exciting. That's exciting. It's just so, you know, it's, it's such a great opportunity to be able to, you know, to reach out and there's other things that we're doing there, but this part of it has been a, a bit of a stretch for me, but, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm an engineer, but um, chemistry, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Well, and to our listeners, you you can't see this because this is audio only, but Terry's face just lit up as he was talking about this experience. And so I, it's clearly a passion project for you. So thank you so much for sharing it. If people wanted to learn more about you, Terry, they want to connect with you. What's a good way to do that? You know, oftentimes it's LinkedIn, but is there a different way you'd want people to connect with you or is that is that a good way? I, I welcome anybody who wants to reach out, especially in our industry, to call me directly. My number is 650-388-0773. And, uh, you know, the more relationships I have, the happier I, I am, frankly. And if there's anything I can add to anybody anybody's life or career or whatever, be more than happy to help out. And thank you for sharing that. And we'll make sure to put um, the, the phone number and your email or your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so folks can can connect with you. And thank you for being so generous and offering that, um, especially as you were talking about all the mentorship and things that you've offered along the way. And I think, I think people will will follow up with you or take advantage of your time. So that's great. Terry, just once again, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited to see you up on the big stage. I really appreciate you coming to spend time with us today on CoreCast and, and sharing a little bit of your story and sharing you know, a little deeper than, than normal. Uh, just really appreciate it and appreciate you. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Robert. And uh, I look forward to spending time with you and 
so many other friends uh, coming up at the at the awards dinner. Excellent. Well, we'll see you in a few weeks, my friend. Take care. Well, I really enjoyed that conversation with Terry. You know, I'm excited to learn more about his trip with his son when he gets back. Such a life-changing uh, opportunity for both of them. It was great to learn a little bit more about who he is as a leader and how he became that leader and some of the cool things that he's been able to do in his career. And certainly from a leadership perspective to learn how he is thinking about how his team works at Kaiser Permanente in the spirit of flexibility that he was talking about. Uh, I just really am so impressed with Terry, always have been, always will be, and he's so well-deserving of the Corporate Real Estate Executive of the Year Award for Northern California. I hope that everybody listening here agrees with that as well. Well, we just love to thank our listeners. Uh, We do this in service to you. All we ask in return is that you please share this podcast with your friends and your colleagues and be sure to post it and about it on your social media, in particular LinkedIn. Uh, You can find links to all our past episodes on the Cornet Northern California website. And you can subscribe to hear our future episodes on iTunes or anywhere you get your pods. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. Our contact information is in the show notes. And that's it for this episode of CoreCast. This is Robert Teed signing off. Until next time, work well and be well. Thank you.